0: Amen. Good morning. We'd like to welcome you to First Christian Church. We are so glad that you're here this morning. I had a person walk in this morning and they introduced me to their mother and before they did they apologized for the way that I was dressed. So I don't understand why they did that. But anyhow, we're glad that you're here this morning. We're just excited about Jesus and we're excited to celebrate uh, his birth today. We're having a birthday party for Jesus in the beginner room and in the Family Life Center want to let you know that all the kids will be picked up at the end they will be in the front of the sanctuary as well won't you stand with me this morning let's pray together father we love you so very much and father we are so excited for today father there's so much excitement uh, that's already gone on this weekend with christmas eve last night And then this morning, and the excitement with the kids, and the presents, and the pajama party. But Father, help us this morning that we will just continue to focus on you. Father, help us that we might celebrate Jesus this morning. And Father, we thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take a moment to greet those around you and wish them a Merry Christmas.
1: morning everyone. Merry Christmas. Let's all remain standing as we sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all you. Nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king Hail the heaven. Prince of peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. second birth. Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King. Go ahead and have a seat. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains. See him whose birth the angels sing. Come, adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Glory. worship the newborn king, shepherds in the fields abiding, watching o'er your flocks by night. God with man is now residing, yonder shines the infant. Come and worship the newborn King. As we prepare for communion, let's sing together, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sing as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest, peace and goodness. The story of Jesus, write on my heart every word. Tell me the story, most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in and pain tell of the grave where they laid him tell how he liveth again love in that story so tender clearer than ever I see stay let me weep while you Love paid the ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story, most precious. This and
2: Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. And as we prepare for our time of communion, I'd like to read for you a passage that many of you have probably read recently, maybe last night with your family. It's Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew writes these words beginning in chapter 1 verse 18. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, And you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The reason we're gathered today, the reason we gather every Sunday morning, is to worship Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. As the elements are passed this morning, we invite you to take the bread as it's passed, but to retain the cup so that together, as Christ followers, we can drink the cup together, remembering the difference that Jesus Christ truly makes. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Jesus, your Son. And on this day when we celebrate his birth, we also remember his death and we remember the resurrection and we thank you for the difference that that sacrifice makes. That one time for all time sacrifice. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. It's in your name that we pray. The Apostle Paul writes, Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's proclaim the Lord's death. Continuing on in Matthew's narrative of the birth of Jesus, beginning in chapter 2, we find these words. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and make careful search for the child as soon as you find him report to me so that I too may go and worship him after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down, and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by a different route. We're at the time of our service where we take up an offering. And this offering goes to uh, support the ministries and the missions of First Christian Church. And and literally, when I say missions, we have people literally all over the world that we're able to partner with in, in taking the good news of Jesus Christ. So right now we have an opportunity to give. If you're a visitor and you're with us today, I want you to feel no obligation whatsoever to give. This is the time for the members and the regular attenders of First Christian Church to give. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Father, for this opportunity in our service to to be active in worship through our giving. And I thank you for the difference that the monies that we give are able to make right here in Clinton, Illinois, in DeWitt County, and throughout the state of Illinois, places like Campus House Ministries and Inner City Missions, And all around our country, church planning organizations and Bible colleges and Christian camps and literally all over the world. Places like Africa, where our friend Barbo Donahue and, and the COPE mission is literally changing lives every single day. Thank you for the honor of giving. We love you so much and we thank you most of all for the greatest gift of all, your son Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.
3: I play Joseph in the Live Nativity, the stepfather to the Messiah. Some rather big shoes to fill, or sandals as it may be. As a method actor, um, I have to experience what the character experienced, you know, in order to play the role. It takes a lot of effort, so I do what I can to get my body in shape. Sometimes on my lunch break, I'll just go into Joseph position. So I'm thinking of renting a donkey.
1: No.
3: No, no, look, uh, we would just ride it, okay? No. No, no, look, just around town, okay? I just want to get a feel for what Joseph must have gone through. I'm not going to ride a donkey through town. Babe, look, Brando shadowed gangsters, okay? Winona stole a purse. Larry actually was a cable guy. I, I need this, okay? I need to know what it was like to serve the mother of God.
0: You want to know what it was like to serve? and serve me by setting the table
3: okay. throughout the years I have adopted the lifestyle of many notable characters I even uh, played Judas in our church's gospel musical rendition of Happy Feet I actually wrote that one and it's called Happy Feet Washing Lord why Why would you put me through this? Do you understand, God? This is difficult. The people around town, they are talking. They're asking why I would marry a woman who's bearing another man's child.
1: What did I do, do, Lord?
3: Mm, God love him. But he sounds like the guy from The Fiddler on the Roof. Why? She said that? I, I sound nothing like Tevia. I played Tevia in high school. I think I'd know the difference. She-she sounds like Fran Drescher. Not the voice, but the...
0: And he's starting to scare the children. Dad, I don't want to do this again. Uh...
3: Well, come on, buddy. Just from the top. The part about the inn. No room. Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry, sir, but there's no room in the end for you.
3: WHAT?! You're telling me that my pregnant wife and me you're going to leave us out in the streets?
2: We may die out there. Is that what you want to happen? Is that... What, buddy? He's
3: fine. He's fine. Um, this is Travis, my son. He will be playing the role of Jesus. Even larger sandals to fill. F- figuratively. He is very very small feet. It is a live nativity, um, so we are on our feet for five hours each night, uh, the seven days leading up to Christmas. It's um, not so much of a physical challenge for me. I played sports in high school. Um, it's more of a, a spiritual challenge.
1: Really? Why?
3: It just is. Where's my baby Jesus? Because Daddy's ready for the show. What's wrong? I couldn't do it. What, what are you talking about? I couldn't give up my son. Honey, they're counting on you. No, um, if I were God, I couldn't give up my boy. The world would be out of love.
2: people ask me, did I make a mistake in the K this week? Was I really entitling this message Christmas for Dummies? Let let me explain. You're not a dummy, but many, many years ago, books started making it on the market that were in the Four Dummies series. Like right here, we have Reptiles and Amphibians for Dummies. And you can open this book and you can learn anything you want to about reptiles and amphibians. Here is Dreamweaver MX 2004. I don't even know what that is, but if I wanted to know, the Four Dummies series could help me out. So Dooku for dummies. Personal Finance for dummies. Some of us need that. Word 97 for dummies. Does anybody even use Word 97 anymore? I'm not sure. Business Plans for dummies. Investing for dummies. There's 200 other books that I could pull up on the stage in the Four Dummies series. What I really want to do right now is I want to see how well you know Christmas. So grab something to write with, grab your bulletin, find a blank piece of paper or a place in the bulletin. We're going to do something that I absolutely love to do, a quiz. Don't you love quizzes? Everybody's kind of shaking their head. Okay, let's see how well you know Christmas. Question number one. What year was Christmas declared a federal holiday? Let me apologize for the screen, not sure what's happening with that. What year was Christmas declared a federal holiday in the United States of America? Was it 1770? Was it 1820? Was it 1870? Was it 1920? What do you think? How many think 1770? uh, We weren't a country yet, but that's okay. What about 1820? What about 1870? 1870? What about 1920? Survey says 1870. Who was president in 1870? Do you know? you know? U.S. Grant, that's right, from the great state of Illinois. Question number two, throw it up there. What was unique about Christmas time in Boston, Massachusetts in early America, say 1659 to 1681? Number one, everyone was required to give a gift to the King of England. Number two, it was against the law to celebrate Christmas or exhibit the Christmas spirit. Or number three, everyone was required to attend church on December 25. What do you think? Did you have to give a gift to the King of England? Anybody? Was it against the law to celebrate Christmas? Everyone had to attend church on December 25. Survey says... It was against the law to celebrate Christmas or exhibit the Christmas spirit. You would be fined five shillings in Boston, Massachusetts if you were seen exhibiting the Christmas spirit. What a different world it was 400 years ago. Question number three. Who was the first person to put lights on a Christmas tree as part of this holiday tradition. And trees, they go way back to some pagan holidays, and some people have said, we can't have Christmas trees. I don't buy that at all, by the way. But there was a, a person that decided it'd be really cool to put lights on the Christmas tree. Was it Pope Gregory the Sixth? Was it Martin Luther? Was it Abraham Lincoln? Or was it some guy or gal we've never heard of? Okay, number one, how many of you think Pope Gregory the Sixth? Anybody? Okay, a couple. How about Martin Luther? How about Abraham Lincoln? How about some guy or gal we've never heard of before? The answer is, it was Martin Luther, believe it or not. Martin Luther was the first one to put lights on a Christmas tree. Question number four. We're moving right along. Aren't you having fun? Isn't this fun? Why did Robert L. May create Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in 1939? Answer number one, duh, to make money. Number two, to give kids another Christmas hero instead of Santa Claus. Or number three, to lure customers into the Montgomery Ward Department Store. Okay, let's see here. Number one, to make money? Make money? To have a hero other than Santa? To lure customers into the Montgomery Ward Department Store. You're so smart. Man, survey says, all right. We got one more? Two more. One more. What's the largest grossing holiday movie of all time? I'm talking all time. Is it A Wonderful Life? Is it my personal favorite, A Christmas Story? I've already DVR'd it. We're watching it later today. Is it Elf or is it Home Alone? How many of you think A Wonderful Life? How many of you think A Christmas Story? How many think Elf? How many think Home Alone? Survey says it's Home Alone. Made a lot, a lot of money. Okay. Okay. Final question, let's throw it up there. What was the first words and first song ever broadcast over AM radio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on Christmas Eve 1906? You know what? We're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. We're going to get that answer at the end of our service together. This little Christmas quiz, maybe you had fun with it, maybe you didn't. But here's the point that I want to make every question that I asked, really isn't what Christmas is all about. Christmas, at its very essence, isn't about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Christmas, at its very essence, isn't that it was against the law to celebrate Christmas in Boston years and years ago. Christmas, in its very essence, isn't which holiday movie has made the most. And so this morning, just in a a really basic kind of way, I want to share with you what I really believe Christmas is all about. Christmas is for dummies. If you left here today and you wanted to spend time explaining here is what Christmas is all about, there are three things that I would challenge you to articulate to people that want to know what is Christmas and its very basic essence all about. And number one is this, put number one up for us, Christmas is God's answer to the centuries-long plea of mankind. Some of you were with us last week, some of you were not. But during the sermon time, we we trace that great promise that was made to Abraham uh, years and years and years ago, over 4,000 years ago. uh, The Lord told him in an unconditional covenant promise, I'm going to make you a nation and a land and a blessing. And then he said some radical words, all peoples will be blessed through you. And we saw that all the way through the New Testament for 2,000 years, Israel had ups and they had downs. They had positive times, they had negative times, but all along Israel was waiting for this centuries-long plea for help, for a change, for a Messiah, for a Savior. I love December for a lot of reasons. I love worship in December for a lot of reasons, and at the very top of my list, I love the Christmas hymns. I love the Christmas carols. And one of my very favorite is the song, O Holy Night. Any fans of O Holy Night? In O Holy Night, we see this this phrase, long lay the world in sin and error pining. We've sung those words hundreds of times, many of us, maybe thousands of times. And and yet many of us might not even really understand, what's that mean to pine? What's that mean? Well, pining means a, a longing, a yearning, almost begging for some comfort and relief. And for a couple thousand years, God's people were pining. They were yearning. They were longing for a Savior, for a Messiah. This year in October, uh, several of the ministry staff went to the Catalyst Conference in Atlanta. It was a great time. Uh, One of my favorite preachers, Andy Stanley, kind of hosts the event. And he he preaches a couple times, and it's a highlight of my year. I love the Catalyst Conference. I was on the last day of the conference. We checked out of our motel, hotel, and uh, I I was eating lunch with one of my friends from Decatur, Steve Higgs. And we went to a Mexican restaurant that was close. And about five bites into my Mexican dish, I I ordered something just kind of going against routine. And about five bites in, man, my stomach started doing things that no stomach should do. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to give you the gory, gross details, but I will tell you this. I was sick as sick could be. I pride myself on good health. I don't like to take sick days, but I was about as sick as I'd been in a long time. And we checked out of our hotel, and we were in a, you know, 12,000-seat convention auditorium, and, and I was just miserable. I went to Kroger, which was right next to us, and you know I'm buying Tums, and I'm buying uh, a Dite 7-Up. Um, I even grabbed a bottle of Imodium, and, and the guy's like, I, I don't think you want to take that. that- that's going to give you the opposite of what you're looking for. You're not going to get comfort there. And for about 10 hours, I was just sick, as sick could be. And I knew that I had to get on an airplane about 10.30 that night to fly home. I had a lot happening the next day. And I remember through my misery and through the stomach ache and through just the just the grossness of the event itself, just longing for comfort, just yearning for relief, just begging God, will you just take this away so I can get on this airplane? Will you just restore me to good health so I can fly home? And he answered my prayer. Uh, left me about nine o'clock we got on the plane everything was good to go in many ways that's what god's people have went through for thousands and thousands of years a longing a yearning for hope for a savior for a messiah and christmas is the realization of that hope John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And if you're here today, maybe you have to be here. Maybe someone you love said, you're going to church on Christmas morning, whether you like it or not, and you're not a Christ follower. Jesus is not Lord of your life. Let me just tell you that yearning, that pining, that longing for meaning that you might feel. Jesus is the answer. To that longing, to that yearning, to that pining, that quest for meaning. Number one, Christmas is the centuries-old answer to mankind's plea for for help, for a Savior, for a Messiah. Let's move on. Number two, Christmas is also simply Emmanuel, God with us. We read it this morning during the uh, communion meditation. Give him the name Jesus, which means Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas, in its very basic essence, is God saw the plea of mankind and became like us, fully God, fully man, through Jesus Christ, a beautiful baby in the manger, and he came and he walked with us, and he dwelt with us, and he lived with us, and he changed us. How many of you like Hark the Herald Angels Sing? We sang it this morning. Listen to this line from Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail incarnate, deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Christmas in its very basic essence is God with us. God leaving the comforts of heaven to come and literally slum with us because he loves you because he loves me look at that matthew 1 scripture one more time this took place to fulfill what the lord said through the prophet be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him emmanuel which means god with us christmas is god's answer number one to mankind's century-long plea for help for a savior for a messiah number two christmas simply is emmanuel god with us and then number three and i'm going to say this morning most importantly christmas is grace god's unfair solution to your sin and to my sin do we like things that are fair do we like that when you go to the basketball game and you're cheering for your favorite team and um, a bad call breaks out, the guy in stripes makes a bad call, um, how, how do we react to that usually? We're pretty excited, right? Normally get a little upset from time to time. I know I've, I've been known to yell at an official from time to time. Um, that's just kind of in our DNA. If something's not fair, what do we say? That's not fair and what i want you to see this morning on this christmas morning is that christmas is grace and grace isn't fair and aren't you glad that grace isn't fair aren't you glad that your god and your father didn't wait for you to get good but sent jesus in the form of a beautiful baby to grow up to be a wonderful man, fully God, fully man, that would go to the cross, even though he never committed a single sin, we're saved because he died for our sin. Um, I said several years ago that I, I love the Christmas hymn, Good Christian Men Rejoice. And some of you told me how much you really don't like that song. That's not one of your favorite songs to sing. And it's not very politically correct. It should be Good Christian Men and Women Rejoice, probably, to be honest with you. But I love verse 3. Here's how it goes. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye need not fear the grave. Jesus Christ was born to save. And Christmas... it's a very basic essence. If you strip away all the commercialization and all the stuff that we think makes up Christmas, if I were to try to explain to someone what Christmas is all about, it's that Jesus Christ was born to save. One of my favorite verses in scripture, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, reminds us of how awesome God really is. Paul writes these words, he says, God made him Who had no sin, no sin at all, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I don't want you to leave this morning without connecting with the truth of that verse. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, he was sinless, he was perfect in every way, and he made him to be sin for us. That doesn't mean he just carried the sin. It means that he actually became sin. The sinless one became sin so that you and me can become the righteousness of God. Some of you know this, that in the Old Testament, when sins were committed, blood had to be shed. And and they would go to the temple or they would go to the tabernacle, sometimes once a year, sometimes more than that. And they would bring in an animal, maybe a ram or a lamb or a dove, depending on what they could afford. And the guys like me and Ernie and Jim and Adam, we kind of had different job descriptions back in those days. We got to carry these big old knives with us. And they'd bring those animals in and they'd lay them down on the altar and they'd do the unthinkable. They would slay that ram. They would slay that lamb. And blood would be flying everywhere. It'd be gross and disgusting. But guess what? That blood covered the sins that you had committed or that I had committed. And you would leave that disgusting time where blood was everywhere feeling really good because your sins had been forgiven. And when Jesus went to the cross and died a horrible death by crucifixion, the Romans had perfected crucifixion. They've made it the most awful way in the history of the world to die. They would keep people alive as long as they possibly could in agony hanging on that cross so that no one would ever forget what a crucifixion was. Jesus died that death for you and for me so we can be righteous. So we can become the righteousness of God. Well, let's go back to our quiz as we wrap up today. What was the first words or first song ever broadcast over AM radio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Christmas Eve, 1906? Any guesses? What was the song? Anybody know? What was it? You know what the answer was? It was, O Holy Night. A Canadian inventor by the name of Reginald Fessenden took his violin... And he played the first three stanzas of O Holy Night via violin broadcasting over AM radio. And then for verse number four, he played his violin and he sang the beautiful words to O Holy Night. But before he did that, he did something else. He read some scripture. And as we close the day, close the sermon time today, I'd like to read for you the words that were broadcast just prior to the first song ever being played on AM radio. It went something like this from Luke chapter 2. He read, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Christmas for dummies, Christmas is God's answer to mankind's century-long plea. Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And Christmas is grace, God's unfair solution to your sin and to mine. And because of that, as we leave today, all of us should say, Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today this very special day, Christmas morning. And right now, literally all across our country and all over the world, other brothers and sisters in Christ are gathering together and we're proclaiming that your son Jesus is the Christ. He's the son of the living God. And we're so thankful for the difference that your son Jesus makes. And like we saw in that video, I I don't think I could give up Jordan. I don't think I could give up Peyton. I think the world would just have to suffer. But because you are such a great God, such an awesome God, such a mighty God, you willingly let your perfect son Jesus die for me, die for us. And because of that this morning, we don't just say happy birthday. We say thank you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. It is invitation time. We do it every Sunday here at First Christian Church. If you have a decision to make for Jesus Christ this morning, we invite you to come forward as we stand together and we sing what child is this?
1: What child is this who lay
0: So much you may be seated. I'm gonna ask Katya to Klein to come on up here, and I'm gonna have the whole family come up just because some people may not know you all, so I want them to see this whole family here. This is the Klein family, they've been attending church here for quite some time, and we're just so happy uh, to have them here at First Christian Church. And we're most excited today for Katya. Katya made a decision not too long ago that she accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she comes this morning to be baptized. And so, Katya, I want you to repeat after me what I know you believe. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Son of God. And I have taken him. And I have taken him as my Lord,
1: as my Lord, and my Savior. And my sa-
0: amen. Amen. All right. Let's pray together. Father, we.